You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. We have our call-in straight talk segment with Father Kiesel, and this is Father Kiesel broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. And you're more than welcome to call in to our station or call in uh, to, uh, or go through the website to ask a question. So if you have a question, feel free to submit that, and we'll be glad to talk over what you might have on your mind. Uh, So we do have a question right away here that someone sent in just ahead of this. Uh, The question we have, when the Bible says, he or she was dedicated to the Lord as firstborn or a special thank you to God. What did this entail? Uh, so that's a great question, as we find that in Scripture. So the dedication means simply set apart for our Lord. And it had this person from the beginning in some way or another. We think of someone, say, like Samson, or there is a tradition regarding our Blessed Mother being, in a way, dedicated in the temple. Um in the in the Israelite history, the practice was there would be the, the dedication would be uh, being brought to the temple uh, early in life, you know, within some days, so that there would be a special prayer and a dedication. So the dedication really was that the purpose of the life of this child or this person was specifically for the outcome that the Lord wanted, and our Lord would manifest His will as time went on and how He would live and act through that soul, through that person, in concrete action. Uh, Many times it was involved perhaps spiritual leadership or some way or another that the person will fulfill part of God's plan for his people. So that would be the dedication. It would be, uh, sometimes it would be uh, as part of a special ceremony, such as a circumcision, but also it could also be uh, as a way of an inspiration of our Lord and done in a particular way, a particular prayer. But it is at the instigation of God's will, and it is about the fulfillment of His will. Uh, we have, we do have this in the sense of baptism. Uh, when a soul is baptized, uh, every soul that receives the forgiveness of original sin and then the indwelling of the Trinity, uh, we can say, is dedicated to the Lord. It, it becomes, in a powerful way, the temple of God, and God lives within. So what God desires is to possess that soul by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that the soul may then manifest the works of God as he or she grows in age and knowledge and prayer, and how God particularly wants to manifest himself in that soul and through that soul. So we have this sense even in the New Covenant time. Uh, So another question, a follow-up here, was written in, how was the dedicated person's life different from other lives? Uh, Well, that's a great question, because... A person, if every person is dedicated to God, say in baptism or in the Old Covenant sense, it it will be to perform a particular manifestation of God's will. So we understand this as a both-and rather than an either-or, that some people are dedicated to God and some people really aren't. Uh, If someone is in covenant with God, they are dedicated to God, but not everyone expresses the same works, nor will have the same degree of of widespread impact or influence upon others, but everyone's life is important and essential in the eyes of God. But not everyone is called to have the same works or to give of themselves in various ways in the service of God. We all have unique 
uh, godly work to fulfill in union with the will of God. And it is God who manifests that. It is God who makes that known or understood, and by his own action within the soul and through the soul, uh, to manifest his own divine life so that it is of God. Uh, so I want to be clear for all of our listeners that you, if you're saying, well, I'm maybe uh, I go to work or I have my ho- work at home or I work in a field or do chores on a farm, say, that doesn't seem to be significant uh, in some people's minds. But the truth is, if you do those things, offering them to God and out of love for God, uh, you, you are dedicated to God. You're manifesting that because all work, all actions, wherever one is planted in the, the will of God, your work is significant and important when done with love and conscientious, in a conscientious way to Him. But then there are others who are called to have a different sort of influence or different way of expressing that before God, and those works, too, are important to God to provide leadership, provide organization, uh, provide inspiration, prophecy, wisdom, and all the various ways in which the Holy Spirit leads someone to manifest uh, their lives. So, uh, it's a both and that anyone dedicated to God is important and essential in God's plan, uh, and then there are some those who the works will be different, and and that's a part of God's own wisdom how He does this. Um, and then we go on to various things, uh, further questions about clarification. Did someone dedicated did that person uh, leave their parents or live in the temple? It's certainly possible that it could be that way, such as we believe that our Blessed Mother was given over to live in the temple for a time. And we even know our Lord, uh, that he spent some time in the temple at the age of 12, approximately, uh, that he stayed back from the, the, uh, that, at that time when Mary and Joseph brought him to the temple for the worship that was to be due at that time, that he stayed back. There is this sense of the connection to the temple. and the, the Catholic Church, we have something like that as well. Uh, in vocational choice, that we we are baptized, and then at the age of that is God appoints or to make it clear to the soul, there is a kind of dedication. So we think of a marriage, a husband and wife go to the church to exchange vows, and they're dedicated to God and each other and forming a family together. Or we think of uh, an ordination of a priest, and we're going to have a, a deacon on the show here just in a little bit, who will be ordained soon, next month. Uh, to the priesthood, uh, but in the same way that the the one to be ordained goes to the temple of God, to the church, to receive that grace and to continue the dedication uh, that is built in the Holy Spirit in the performance of certain works on behalf of God and in His name. Uh, the same would be, say, a religious, one who's called to uh, live a consecrated religious life uh, to God. Sometimes that's in a monastery or uh, a cloister, and so that the works of God are manifested there within a specific community and a specific space in the world, or the times those religious uh, and are outward going, they're missionaries or they're doing concrete works, but they're all dedicated to giving glory to God so that what they do is done in His name and out of love for Him. So it, it varies depending upon what the Holy Spirit draws the person to know and understand about the meaning of their life in relationship with God and how God wants to manifest His grace in ordinary ways, and sometimes in extraordinary ways, but always for His glory, for the salvation of souls, and the help of one's own soul in the path toward eternal life. So if you have a question, call in to Real Presence Radio, or certainly you can do so through the Facebook page uh, as well. And any other questions you may have, uh, please do so. Call in to Real Presence uh, Radio here for 
any further questions you may want to ask. Now, it's interesting, you know, we go into sacred scripture and the dedication, we, we think of uh, perhaps the conversion of St. Paul uh, as he was riding on to Damascus. Our Lord appeared to him and called him from his opposition to the proclamation of the gospel, and then from that point of conversion in his mind and heart, out of opposition, and then into, he grew into, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the grace of baptism, to be a collaborator, a cooperator. And what made for this transition? This transition was the love of God, and that, that is one of the qualities of, of a consecration or a dedication. And, and again, in the New Covenant era, we understand that to be particularly at baptism, that that soul is consecrated to God, and God lives within that soul, and parents are to nurture uh, that, like a seed growing in a ground, to nurture, to water, to fertilize, through prayer, through good example, uh, through repentance and ongoing conversion, through a, a general disposition that the child can observe, mom and dad are oriented toward God. Mom and dad look to God. Uh, they're not God, uh, but God works through them, and God acts in them, and the child can intuit that, see that. It becomes normal and natural to have faith be practiced in that way for the child, that the, the child sees by action, by attitude and disposition, uh, a godly character that is generally there. And so then the, the consecration that began at baptism begins to take deeper and deeper roots so that as the child grows in maturity, being a young young adult, the, the thinking, the logic is, Lord, what do you have in mind for me? What do you desire for my life or for my vocation? It becomes the, the natural question to see and discover, well, how am I? What do, how am I to live in relationship with God? And then the dedication takes on that uniqueness, because each and every one of us are unique. Yeah, we might do similar actions, but no one, two people do the uh, actions with the same love or expression toward God. Each one of us expresses a uniqueness before the face of God in that way. So that's what needs to, to be grow in, in awareness in the context of faith and in relationship of love uh, with our Lord Himself. Uh, so the, the one aspect of we're, all who are baptized are dedicated to the Lord in, the, in that general sense, but we all are meant to live that grace outwardly. And St. Paul, once he uh, had the conversion and then was baptized, he grew into knowing what he was supposed to do, especially to be the apostle to the Gentiles, uh, to be one of what we call the super-apostles who uh, uh, heroically gave his life in uh, magnificent travels. And we, when you study his travels and you see the sacrifices he made, how far he walked, uh, the dangers he encountered, and then on top of that, the opposition he experienced, the people that didn't like or didn't want to hear him, uh, we realized he, he lived a heroic life. He lived his dedication, uh, his baptismal grace to the full in a vocation uh, as a priest, as a bishop, a missionary uh, for the life of Christ and the salvation of souls. And animating that at its very heart, uh, which is at the heart of baptism, at the heart of the growth of the sanctifying grace within the soul, is love. Uh, that, that, as St. Paul said, God has first loved me. God has poured his love out and shown me his merciful love. And so he thirsts for that love. He wanted to share that love uh, that came through uh, the beginning with that conversion experience. And we can look at many other characters in Scripture that had a, a similar type of pattern, uh, and also in the lives of the saints, how those interior conversions took place. I think of, uh, when you look at the diary of St. Faustina, there is the... Uh, uh, magnificent moments of conversion for her uh, that even as a young girl she had aspired to some kind of unique vocation, uh, not knowing for sure what it was, but then as a 
as a young lady, she was going to a dance, and our Lord was beginning to inspire within her this desire to go to the convent, to go to be a consecrated sister. Uh, but she was hesitating, not sure, what do I do? Uh, but the, then our Lord gave her specific graces so that she understood that she was to do this now, that she was to follow him. So those were beautiful graces for St. Faustina, and they made for all that her decision to follow that, her decision to uh, continue to deepen in following Jesus and the, the dedication and baptism that was when she was an infant, and then continuing with the graces and example that she had from her parents, and it led to an openness in their heart, and our Lord supplied the necessary graces, so it made sense to her. I need to follow our Lord. That's where my happiness is. And that's the meaning and purpose of my life, is to be in relationship with Him. So I encourage you to keep reading or studying these various things, whether it be the example in Scripture, because that teaches us how and the why to be in relationship with our Lord. But the, the, another aspect of studying the Gospel is studying the lives of various saints to see how they were inspired by our Lord and cooperated with God's graces and cooperated with all that He uh, wanted for them in their lives. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, again, if you have any questions, please call in to Real Presence Radio. Our, uh, I can get those through the computer here, whatever questions you may have, or through the Facebook as well. Um, another aspect regarding the reading of Scripture, coming back to that, is a, a bit of a theme here. Uh, we see in the Acts of the Apostles, and we're going through them uh, at this time as after Easter, uh, even today we had the Acts of the Apostles, uh, chapter 16, and as for the first reading of the Holy Mass, we hear about how uh, St. Paul, they set sail, they were working their way through Macedonia, as in prayer they were inspired to go to Macedonia. Uh, and then when they were going to Macedonia, they were going to look for a place to pray. So they were going to uh, find this place of prayer uh, in one of the Roman colonies, uh, and then it was in Philippi. And when they were going, they were going to see out just outside the city gate, and then they met some women. Instead of being able to stop and pray, uh, there was a woman named Lydia, who then had a conversion, and Lydia became one of St. Paul's uh, good supporters and helpers who helped him, and he, St. Paul stayed there to proclaim the gospel, and that was very helpful to continue to establish the church there in Philippi, the, the conversion uh, of Lydia. And so you never know what's going to happen when you're, you set out in a sense, you set sail to proclaim the gospel and to profess uh, faith in our Lord and what He wants to have be done. And in the Acts of the Apostles, too, you see how God so many times would open the door and close the door. Uh, just before this, and earlier in chapter 16, we know they were considering where they might go uh, to continue the, the ministry of proclaiming the gospel. When the cities they thought of, there, the doors would close. and But then, when they thought of where to go next, they were inspired to Macedonia, and when they set out trusting in that inspiration, the doors opened, and conversions began to happen. There was a mystery to this that St. Paul realized, and the apostles enunciated in different ways, that God has a plan, and he's going to bring the message to various peoples. So when we engage in this effort of proclaiming the gospel, living according to the graces that were given, uh, our Lord shows by signs and actions where the open doors are, uh, where are things meant to open and blossom? That way that we're led by faith, and then the love of God, which continues to want us to thirst and to see, where is our Lord wanting me to serve? Where is our Lord desiring things to be opened and to proclamation of the gospel? Where are things going to blossom? Uh, that he gives those signs, and he opens it 
and he provides that path forward. It's, it's beautifully done, woven throughout the Acts of the Apostles, how our Lord did that. And it, it, there's definitely parallels in our time now. Even I think of Catholic radio, uh, that so many times we hear stories of people happening upon our radio and then experiencing or hearing something, and it makes sense for them to either repent from something or to perhaps then uh, become Catholic or to have a change in their life. Uh, the the grace is who puts these things together and the timing that it takes to hear a message and then for the grace to change that makes sense to the soul. Well, that's of God. God is doing that. Uh, our mission then is to continually proclaim the gospel, call people to come to be in relationship with our Lord as well. Uh, one of the other aspects of uh, reading St. Paul, and he has these several letters, he, he goes into various teachings that uh, are a part of uh, um, uh, enunciating teachings of the faith that he talked about and discussed with the other apostles. Uh, one key to that is, is when you read St. Paul, hear how he comes to understand what is to be done, what is the moral law, and that much of our, our moral teachings, whether it's to be in the Catechism or whether it's been the long-standing teachings through the, the magisterium of the Church, and St. Paul enunciated many of them. He explained them, what things are to be done, what are not to be done, and how we view these things. And there's a, a key part of that that St. Paul uh, sometimes is clouded today, that when we proclaim the Gospel and we uh, have the sense of what our Lord wants to have be taught in society, the proclamation of the Gospel is about proclaiming what God has made for a judgment, uh, what God wants people to understand about His thoughts and what is good for us. Uh, sometimes people are confused to think that the faith can only be of human origin, and that we ought not to say or to tell others what is right and wrong, uh, as if somehow there's a judgment taking place. Uh, but the proclamation of the gospel is really about sharing with people God's judgment. And it's, God is the one who has decided and explained to us, or sh- shared with us through the Ten Commandments and the natural law, and sharing with us through the teachings of the, the, the Scriptures and tradition, what is right and what is wrong. So when we proclaim the gospel, we're reiterating what God has already said publicly, and what His Church in the Magisterium has continued to enunciate and to make clear. So we keep that in mind, we have a clear thinking then about why we share the Gospel. It's really what God has done, done, what God has made for judgment, and then what He wants us to say uh, with others as well. So, uh, the reading of the of the scriptures sometimes can be uh, lost in that way, but when read in the sense of what God wants, uh, it will be uh, very helpful uh, and and a, a way in which our Lord wills to have us be in union with Him. And one other thing, uh, getting into Saint Paul again, is um, how he found and discovered the blessings of God. Uh, and the last segment we had uh, Eric and Michaela Ryan, and they they faced different adversities, but when Paul, St. Paul talked about adversities that he faced as he lived out his, adverse, his, his vocation and his calling to be a missionary, uh, he recognized the blessings of God. Many times when he experienced difficulties, he also anticipated a blessing, which he learned uh, in all through the various times, how he kept persevering, but then blessings would come after difficulties. We need to think of this as well, because the pattern of our Lord's passion and death and resurrection Uh, are the pattern that we will find being lived out within us. And that is a scriptural message that uh, our Lord permits adversities because He wills to bless us. And our hearts need to 
uh, have a way to be opened in faith to receive those blessings, to be confident in God and His goodness, to anticipate that while we may have a kind of dying or a death to self, or we may have difficulty or struggle, there is going to be the resurrection. There is going to be blessing. There is going to be grace upon grace for the soul who believes and then in hope places his or her trust in the goodness of our Lord, a turning to Him. Along with this, in our, our current time, uh, how important it is that we pray with our Blessed Mother, pray the Rosary. Uh, certainly, uh, what a blessing for the early apostles to interact with, with our Blessed Mother after our Lord ascended, and we're going to be celebrating the Ascension this coming week. And, and then the next week after that, the Pentecost, so after our Lord ascended, it seemed that He had gone away, but He had promised the Holy Spirit. And then the gift of the Holy Spirit, which gave the divine power to the apostles, and of course our Blessed Mother was there in prayer with the apostles, uh, the great gift that was, and how our Blessed Mother continued to intercede for the apostles. And this is the same way with us, when we will to represent Jesus, our, our Blessed Mother is close. Our Blessed Mother is with us. And she will give the grace and blessing of her intercession before our Lord Jesus at the same time, that she asks us to be courageous, to see the example of the Apostles going out into the world to proclaim the good news of Christ, to call people to repentance, conversion, uh, and the life of grace through uh, the sacramental life. And as part of this, we're reminded of the, the baptism that we have received, the baptismal promises to reject uh, the devil and all evil spirits, but also profess faith in the Catholic Church that we possess the fullness of the truth the fullness of the truth, as well as the the graces that are needed for sanctification for each and every one of us. What what a great joy it is we have the power of the Church and the power of Christ to guide us and direct us in those ways. It, it is truly amazing. And lastly, brothers and sisters, we have about a minute left here in this segment for the call, and thank you all of you for listening and, and being present here. I want to give that last encouragement regarding being close to our Lord. Uh, being close to our Lord is a little prayer program that uh, I've been practicing for quite some time, uh, but it's a it's called A R R R. So whatever is going on inside, and the Holy Spirit is moving, or whatever you might have in your happiness or sadness, struggles or difficulties, to acknowledge that. So that's the A to acknowledge whatever in the interior life is happening, and then the second one R is to relate to relate this to God in relationship through the grace of relationship you have in the Holy Spirit living within, and in union with our Lord Jesus, before God our Father, to relate whatever is going on, and then to open one's heart to receive from God, because we have, have truly have a relationship through the indwelling of the Holy Trinity, first begun at baptism. And God wants to offer gifts, gifts that we can't imagine, but are such a great blessing. So to open one's heart after relating, to receive from God what He wants to share, and then that receiving from God will bring about a desire to respond because the, the love of God is then poured into our hearts when we open ourselves to know with certitude and to receive His love and inspiration on a daily basis, we're going to, we can't help it. We will want to share His love and to give, our, give love back to God. So, my brothers and sisters, thank you for being with us here on the Real Presence Radio Straight Talk, and we're going to be back with more after this break. 